Praise the Lord, everybody. Um, in lieu of our normal pastoral address this evening, we have a, a special treat for everybody. We have uh, Brother Ryan Marshall, our missionary to Papua New Guinea, and his family will be with us here shortly as well. Um, we had uh, them scheduled uh, for their deputation with our church, and uh, with the virus and a few other things that are happening, um, a few schedule changes, we decided to do an interview with them. We wanted uh, everybody to get to know them a little bit better, and uh, I think it's really awesome because I wanted to get some time to, to be able to speak with them as well. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this, and uh, let's get to it, okay? Brother Marshall. Yes, sir. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good, man. It's good to see you, as always. Good to be here. Yeah. It's, um, I, don't, I don't know if... I, th I think I've talked about it enough to where our church family probably knows it, but um, I think if, I'm sure a lot of other people will see this beyond our church family. But um, I got to get kind of an inside peek um, in, your, uh, in your calling and kind of the things that uh, led up to you and your family going over to Papua New Guinea. So Definitely. Yeah. So he was right there on the front line. I was. I was, I was right there. It was amazing. Yeah. So um, it's, it's really awesome to be um, with you guys at this point after you've already been there and get to talk to you and kind of see how things are going. So um, we love you all and we're, we're excited to do this. And I'm excited to hear about what you guys are doing and what's, what God's doing in Papua New Guinea. So with all that said, I think kind of the, the biggest and the best place maybe to start is tell me about just a day in your life in Papua New Guinea. What do you guys do? What, what's all involved in it? Because I know it's, it's obviously a little different from, from here. So, Yeah, it, it's a little different. Um, we, we typically get up around 7 or 8 o'clock, uh, start the day with a good cup of Papua New Guinea coffee. Anybody that's been to Papua New Guinea knows that we have the best coffee in the world. James knows that we have the best coffee in the world because I, I brought him back a bag. You've had Papua New Guinea coffee, right? I have not. He's not shared with me. You know why? Why? Because it's, you it's that good? Get it. No, you have to come to Papua New Guinea so you can get a cup oh. of coffee. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, we can maybe figure that out here pretty soon. <laughs> Sounds good, man. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll get up in the morning. We'll, we'll have a cup of coffee, start our day. Normally around... About nine o'clock or so, myself or myself and Brother Barnett will go back to a, we, we, we have a little like cookhouse in our backyard. Okay. And we'll go back there and we'll meet up with the guys on the property, kind of get a rundown of, of what, what the day's going to entail. Uh, if we're going to town that day, normally a, a trip to town is like an all-day ordeal. Okay. So we'll get up and get the guys ready. We always take a couple of guys with us to town for security. Uh, we'll go to the grocery store, the market, wherever we need to go. If we go to the market, we especially need John or Charlie to go with us. Uh, we'll, we'll go get, get our daily shopping done. We, we basically we, we shop every single day because things there, they're, they're, it's whole food. Okay. Uh, so like if we go get anything, it doesn't have any pesticides, nothing like that. So if you get, say, a cucumber... You eat it that day or the next day. You don't, you don't let it sit around. So we pretty much shop every day. Yeah. Um, if it's on a, a church day, sometimes we'll get up as early as like 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, we'll drive however many hours it is to get to the church we're going. The, the furthest that we've been so far, and this is so far because I, I, I intend on really getting out into to more of the country, you know, whenever we get back. But... Uh, just a, a day that we had not too long ago, it was back in December, we went to a place called Garoka, 
Groka is about, it's a little over five hours away. Mm -hmm. So we got up early, we went there, we done an induction service. And then after we preached the service, so you imagine getting up at about, uh, we got up at 4.35 o'clock. We was out of the house, off the property by 6. We got to where we were going at about 10.30, 10.45. We preached until about noon or 1. Mm -hmm. Then we had food, and then we drove back. Oh, okay. So it's a you know, pretty eventful day. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, but it, it, it's, it's variable on, on you know, what we have going on that day. Mm -hmm. Some days we'll, we, we don't leave except for to go to the grocery store, and we'll be working on things around the property. Uh, one day, not too long ago, we were sitting, sitting in the living room, and you hear this big crashing sound, and the roof of the church blew off. Oh, wow. So you, that day, as you can imagine, we spent putting the roof of the church back on. Uh, yeah, that's kind of important. So, but, uh, you know, over there, it, we, we try, to, try to keep it as normal as we can, well, what we call normal. For, for us and for the kids, you know, as far as like, we, we try to keep somewhat of a schedule. We try to have breakfast around the same time, lunch around the same time, and dinner around the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, if we're not there, then obviously that's, that's subject to change if we have a church service or anything like that. So. Gotcha. You said you, um, just I guess kind of a follow-up to it, um, at the beginning you said that if you guys go into town, you, you typically have um, uh, Charlie and, and maybe somebody else go with you. Yeah. Is are there people there that are that are maybe? I'm trying to think of the best word here. Maybe not so nice um, yeah. for certain reasons, or it, it, what's what's the story behind that? I guess. Well, we we have they they call them rascals. Uh, okay. A rascal. It's not alfalfa and spanky like. That's we where think, I was you know, going. <laughs> That's where I was going. <laughs> so, um, the the what we have the the rascals they they'll set up roadblocks. They'll try to rob people. Um, Especially if you're a foreigner, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that, that they think that we have all this money. And they're, they're always trying. We was at the market one day, and there was a, a couple of guys that came up behind me, and we, we had Pastor Charlie, and we had John with us. And they didn't realize that I understood the language. Okay. And they was behind me, and they was planning on robbing me. They, they was like, t they was looking in my pockets to find out where my wallet was and things like that, you know. Sure. But we, we had a man named John, and he's our security guy. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he found out what they was doing, uh, let's just say that they, they was ran off pretty quick. Yeah. He, he dealt with it. And, and John's great, you know. Uh, anytime that he's around him or Pastor Charlie, we feel very safe. Yeah. Um, as, as far as like feeling completely unsafe i've never felt that in papua new guinea I, there, there's a peace um but it is one of those things to where if you're not called somewhere you you would have to be very very careful yeah. uh, because you, you never know what they're thinking or what they may may be up to uh, you'll be going down the road they'll have a roadblock they'll like cut down a tree and lay it in the road and They'll cut a section of it out and they'll move it for cars to get through and they'll make you pay to get through. Really? Uh, just just crazy stuff, you know. Yeah. So, I was going to say that piece is probably something that just kind of follows with the calling, knowing that you're meant to be there and that God's got you. So Exactly. That's, a, that's an amazing thing to have. It even is. In, no matter what situation you're in, just, just to know that God's with you, to have that is, is great. Definitely. This is this is outside my the normal questions that I had for you, but... Um, I, I didn't put it on here, and I want to know. Um, I know that you. I know that there are multiple churches 
that are set up in PNG, how many churches are there now? And you can give me a ballpark if you're not sure, because I know it's 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 spread and there's there's a lot of stuff that goes on there. But I think it would I think it would help people that are listening with us yeah. tonight to be able to just realize how how big these things are. Because I remember when I first when I first started to get interested in missions and I got a hold of you. Yeah. And, and you helped me and that was great. Thank you by the way. Um, I still appreciate that and I still think about it. Um, I would always think, oh, there's there's a missionary out, you know, in, in whatever country it may be, and I'm like, well, they're either they're sitting in their home, they're doing a uh, doing a Bible study, or um, they have a church like our church, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they're in a, a certain city within that country, and they have that church, and they're having church there, but not all missionaries are that way. Um, s- some of them, especially, I, th- I think you guys obviously included in, in a few of the others. It's, it's set up to where it's grown so much that there are multiple churches and you guys are basically where you're, you're kind of hopping all over the place because there's so much going on. So yeah. you're not in one place, in one building um, all the time, or you are doing that sometimes, or you are doing Bible studies, but it's not just in that singular location. It's, right. it's grown so, so great. So if you can kind of expand on that a little bit and tell us, Tell us kind of where that's going with you guys. Well, we, we, have, uh, we have several churches in Papua New Guinea, and we're spread out over several different provinces. Mm-hmm. Um, most of our churches right now are in the Highlands, which is where we're, we're based. We, we do have a, a main church, a conference center on our property. Okay. And we only use that for conferences. Okay. Um, it, it, we, we have an annual conference, and that's where we, we had that. Um, we, we did have three new churches recently start. We had one in a place called Newtown. That was back the very last day of November we started that church. Yeah. Uh, we had another one start in Goroka, which is the one that's about five hours away from us. That was in December. Mm-hmm. And I got a text just the other day. We had a new one start in, an, in another area in Mount Hagen uh, just about two weeks ago. So we have... Several churches that we have listed as churches in Papua New Guinea, but due to tribal fights and wars, economic instability, and other, other things that we have com- no control over at all, uh, active churches right now, we're, we're ringing in around the mid-30s or so. That's awesome. So, I mean, God's moving in a big way, yeah. and we're, we're very excited to see what He's going to do. Mm-hmm. I've actually had ministers from other organizations, other beliefs even, um, come to us on our property over the past several several months, and they, they've asked if I would come to other provinces to teach them more. Yeah. So there, there's one gentleman, and, and without getting too far into it, there's a gentleman, he came to us and he said, you know, I, I see this this difference and I see this truth Mm -hmm. I I understand that there's one God and I understand I need to be baptized in Jesus name well this this particular individual is over I I think he said 130 different churches 130 different pastors with thousands of congregants Mm -hmm. so since he has seen this he's asked us to come down and teach him more sure so, I mean, that has the potential of being huge. Oh, yeah. That, um, that decision for that one man will trickle down to... Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it, that's it, amazing. It, it could touch thousands of people. Yeah. So we're, we're just prayerfully, you know, we're, we're just walking prayerfully and faithfully knowing that God's going to lead us to hungry souls, mm-hmm. knowing that He's going to open doors where they need to be opened. So I, I hope that answers your question, but it's, it's, a, it's a very foggy answer to a very direct question. So sure. I'm, I'm hoping that, that that shines some light on it. It does. I think, so. I think more than anything, what it tells me is that God is moving so quickly in PNG that it's hard to explain it directly. Yeah. And that's, that's the best answer that you could possibly give as far as I'm concerned, because that means you can't even really put it into a nutshell. Right. It's because there are so many fingers. There are so many things that are happening yeah. in that country. And that's, that's amazing. I'd love to hear that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you took time to explain it, but that's what it tells me is that God is moving with great quickness in this place because there are people that are hungry for him there. Amen. So, and I know that's, that's a, a big part of, of what you guys are doing with your deputation. Um, let me, let me ask you about this one because I've, I've heard bits and pieces, but I don't ever think I've heard uh, the full story. And if you, if you want to wait till later until, until your family comes up it just, I don't know all the pieces to it, but um, do you want to tell me about Maggie? Oh, I would love to tell you about Maggie. Okay, awesome. Um, my wife, when she gets up here, she's going to tell you about Maggie. Okay. Uh, Ma- Maggie is just, she's a key player. Uh, she, she plays a huge role in what's going on right now in Papua New Guinea. And Maggie is a 17-year-old girl. Okay. Like, you, you, would, you would think you hear somebody's making this huge impact. You're thinking, like, maybe some, some elder, somebody that's, like, been through life. But <laughs> she's 17, you know. And Maggie actually came to our conference, and she was praying, like praying very, very hard at our conference. And, and my wife seen her praying over here, and she was like, she, she goes and she grabs her and she said, I need you to help me work these altars. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't know that Maggie was, she, she was, she had never been to anything that we had had. Ma- Maggie had no idea about baptism. She had no, no idea about new birth salvation. Okay. But she was praying. And as she was praying, my wife, she, when she seen her, she, she began to pray with people. Her and my wife was walking through this crowd praying with people. And when Maggie would pray with people, they would receive the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Maggie had no idea what the Holy Ghost even was. So th- th- this is just a beautiful thing. And after the service, my wife began to talk to her and she said, there's got to be so much more. Maggie, Maggie says this to my wife, and my wife, she, she looked at her, and she said, there is. And, and Sister Marshall, she said, she need, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And Maggie said, okay. I mean, th- this is how, how wonderful it is when people think so simply. Right. Be- because she said, you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And Maggie said, okay. And she was baptized in Jesus' name. And then Maggie came up from the water and she said, there's got to be so much more. And Sister Marshall said, there is. She said, you need to receive the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And and she said, well, I want the Holy Ghost. So they began to pray and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, God. That's awesome. And and then Maggie said, my my family, my people need to hear this. So it was like, wonderful. We, We would love to share this with your family. Oh, yeah. So we, we go to this, this place in town, and it's the Newtown Church, which is the one that I was talking about back in November. Mm-hmm. And, and we go, and I'm, I'm thinking, the, the way that I'm wired is, I'm a home, if you could be like addicted to home Bible studies, 
like, hi, my name's Ryan, and I'm addicted to home Bible studies. It, that, that's just like, I, I love home Bible studies. And so as soon as she said my family, all right, let's do this. Let's yeah, get a home Bible study going. Yep. So I, I, I start preparing all of this, and she's like, I want you guys to come down and have some food and, you know, just fellowship with our family. And we, we get there, bro, and they, they had this huge banner up, and it says, Brother and Sister Marshall, welcome. Uh, like all, all of these things, we want to welcome our missionaries to Newtown. Like they went all out. Yeah. They had a ribbon stretched across the road, but there was like over 100 people. So I was like, well, this isn't really, you know, a home Bible study setting. Yeah. So I, I cut the ribbon. We, we go down this road. They, they've got people singing, playing guitars. And we, we come to find out they had dug out some steps so that we wouldn't slip on our way down. Really? And they, they worked on this for weeks. And we, we get down to, to the foot of this hill, and, and, and there's still a little bit more to go down to to get to where we're going to have church and there's this lady and we didn't know that it was Maggie's sister at the time okay her name's Margaret and she had this bucket of water and she wanted to wash our family's feet and and my wife she she was she was a wreck but but by the time we got to the bottom of this hill she she was just bawling Mm -hmm. and and then we get there and she starts washing our feet and my wife she's just like she's 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 just soaking all of this in you know yeah we get into this place where we're going to have church after we get our feet washed and we go down a few more steps and down a little bit more of a kind of a crooked path to get in there and there, there's probably another 50 people in, in this area where we're going to be so i'm i'm prayerfully seeking after god you know lord this is way more than i was expecting you're gonna to have to do your thing and that's what I tell people all the time. I'm like, you know, sometimes you got to sit back and watch God do his thing. Very true. Yeah. And we, we get in and, and I begin to preach on Christ and him crucified. Mm-hmm. And then I, I begin to preach on that gory cross and, and, and how everything came about. And then I began to preach on baptism and, and the Holy Ghost and how they needed to repent of their sins. And the, the differences, you know, of, of, of how they're living and versus how it could be. And then the most beautiful thing happened. The altar just began to flood. They, they just began to come up and they, they began to seek after God. And, and, and as they began to pray, the conviction fell. And then this large man comes up and he gives me a hug. And his name's Rex. Okay. Well, Rex is Maggie's brother-in-law. And as he's, he's, a, he's a retired rugby player, so he's a big guy. Sure, yeah. And he's crying. He's shaking me. He's crying so hard. And he said, Brother Marshall, we want to thank you for bringing this truth to our village. He said, I've talked to my mother-in-law, and we want to give this land to the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we want a church built right here where you preach today. And then I'm, I'm, a, I'm not going to tell the story about what happened. I'm going to let my wife tell what Maggie done okay. whenever she comes up. But it's going to blow your mind. But they, they donated that land to, to the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and then the next day, our visas, thank you, everybody. for Thank you. I know you was praying for your prayers about our visas. Yeah. Because now we have a three-year visa. We don't have to worry about it. But at the time, we had a, a 60-day visa. And we had to fly out of the country the very next day. Well, we're at Port Moresby Airport, and I get a phone call. And it's Pastor Charlie. 
<laughs> Pastor Charlie tells me that there's 16 people from the Newtown Church that, was, that came to church the next day and was baptized in Jesus' name. That's amazing. So remember that they was baptized, and my wife's going to tell you what Maggie sewed in in order to see that happen whenever she comes up here. Okay, we'll get to that really soon. Yeah, um, it, it, it's, it's beautiful. It is, and just, just to think that you're, you're going preparing, not, not that it's a lesser thing by, by any stretch of the imagination, but you're going for what you think is you know, going to be like a small home Bible study, and hundreds of people show up to do something like that. Yeah, it, it was amazing. Just, just the, the faith. I mean, that's something that, that we need to strive for is to have faith like that here you know we, we we can hear the truth and sometimes you know we'll we'll start thinking about things and start worrying about things and they're so open to it there that's and, and god uses that god takes that and he multiplies it so fast just just to think it's it's that faith that that's why when we when we hear these stories from from people like you and your family that have, that have been in these different countries and we were like, man, how does, how does that happen? It's because they're so open. Just like you said, they're so open to the things of God and just saying, I'm not, I'm not going to question all these things. I'm not going to worry about all these things. I'm not going to think about the motives or the, you know, all, all that different stuff that we throw into our minds and throw into a situation. They just say, this person is here to share something with me. And once it hits them, they know. Yeah. Because when God talks to you that way, you just know. Amen. And instead of fighting it, man, just go with it. That's, that's, that's right. amazing. That's, that's, right. that's just awesome. So I'm going to, this is going to be the last one that for me and you, and then, then we'll, we'll take a short break and we'll get, we'll get the whole family up here. But um, tell us kind of where, where things are going in Papua New Guinea. What, we want to talk about, obviously, what you guys need there, right? Okay. Um, we need to know the, the direction that you guys are going, what we can do to help as far as to get you guys into the places where you need to go. Okay. So if you will elaborate on that a little bit for us. Well, the direction we're going is straight to heaven and taking as many souls as we can when I'm, we go. I'm, I'm down. I'm, gonna, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's go. But, no, the, the continual growth. I mean, we, we, God, God has given us a burden and a vision. Mm -hmm. And we've already, he, he's already showed us some of the, pe some of the people we're going to be connecting to. Okay. Um, my wife, she, she'll tell you, she prays from the government down. She's like, you That's know, way to do it. She, she, she's, she'll tell you, she'll be like, if we can get, you know, get the government to, to see this truth. And she also has a burden for the children. So she's working both angles, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but. There's some areas that, that we need to get to that, that are so hungry for the Lord that we can't get to right now because of our vehicle situation. Okay. But one of them is the Southern Highlands. So the Southern Highlands, is, it's, it's pretty far from us. I mean, the, the road conditions in Papua New Guinea are ridiculous anyway. I've seen the videos. It's crazy. <laughs> I've seen you guys you bouncing as oh, you have yeah. your phone. So. I, I actually, I'm taking a GoPro back with us, and yeah. I'm, I'm going to strap it to the vehicle so people can get like a real look of the road in Papua New Guinea. I'll be tuning in, I promise. <laughs> but uh, once we can get down to the Southern Highlands, we have, we've made several connections. Mm -hmm. we, we, like... And some people, when you think of a connection, you, you don't think the same way that I'm thinking connections. Like a connection that we made in the Southern Highlands, a man came to the property and offered to build us a house 
if we would come to the Southern Highlands. Wow. Like, I'm talking connections. Yeah. Um, so once we can get there, there, there's so many people that we're networked with already. Mm-hmm. And, and so many people, like, when, when people heard that there was a new missionary, like, people was coming from several different areas just to, just to get a glimpse of what God was, was starting to do. Mm-hmm. And we, we've had several conferences and several people have came and several people's want to see, see this growth that, that God's already, he's already showed. And, you know, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of giants already. Yeah. The, the Barnetts have done great. You know, the, they, they have built something from nothing. Yeah. The, the, the Price family was there for a short time and then the Barnetts came in and it's just continually grown. And, and that's what we expect is going to continue to happen is continual growth. We, we, we want to see people baptized. We want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. We want to see people, we want to see conviction fall in that country in such a way that we're, we're planting churches just everywhere. Yes, amen. Because when I think missionary, and th- this, this goes with this question and it goes on a rabbit trail real quick, but when I think missionary, I think apostle. Right. And, and when you look at the apostles, they, they would plant a church. They would go on. They would plant a church, and they would go on. Then they would come back, right? And they would check on that work to make sure that they were staying true. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're there to do. We're, we're there because the more churches that we have, the more souls can be reached. The more souls can be reached, the 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 more the work can grow. And and, the, and I always say it's not a number thing, but it's a soul thing. And the more souls that you have, that you're winning to the Lord. There's eight and a half million people in Papua New Guinea that need to hear this truth. Yeah. So what, what, and it's not really my vision. God's given, he, he's, he's already showed me. Our vision is growth. Right. And, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do. Same here. I'm excited about it. I'm pumped. Yeah. I think it's with, with that many people and obviously they're, it's different, obviously, from from there to here. So, if you're looking to find, you know, a vehicle so you can get to them, um, it's. I hate to ever use the word impossible, but it's unlikely that they would ever be able to get a vehicle to be able to come to you. Right. So your you and your family and the team that's over there are going to be the ones that have to go out and show. And obviously, you have to have the tools, the the correct tools to do that. Amen. Got to so, be mobile. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's what we're looking at. Um, we are, we're going to take a short break here uh, because we're going to get the whole family up. Uh, we're going to have a slide that's going to appear here for just a little bit that's going to show the various ways that you're able to give to the Marshall family. And uh, we pray that you would consider each of those, um, consider giving to them and not even just a, just a one-time gift, but if you can continually give to help them. Um, I'm not going to get into that right now. I'll wait till the end. There's, there's a little bit more that I, that I feel needs to be said about that. But if you will, look at the different options. And if you are able to give, please do give. They're doing, there's a, God's doing a great work. He's using this family mightily. Um, and I'm blessed to know them, of course. And uh, we have a little treat for you as well um, while, this, uh, while this changeover happens. So enjoy that, and we'll be back here in just a minute with the entire family.
Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome back. You can see we have the Marshall family with us. Now we have the whole family sitting here with us. And um, if you if you listen during our small break there, um, you would have heard the song. And that, that song was actually uh, co-wrote, I believe, and played by a gentleman sitting next to me here. And um, I thought it'd probably be a, a nice little way to um, kind of bring, bring in this, this segment um, was to be to talk to Ezekiel a little bit and see how he is. Uh, I guess what what's your thoughts on it? Did you ever did you ever think that you would be writing songs in Papua New Guinea? <laughs> did you ever think that you'd be playing the keyboard? Was that something that you had aspired to before you guys actually made this move? No, I never thought I would do anything in Papua New Guinea. I thought I'd go to Papua New Guinea. I'd stay there. I'd do my time. I felt like I was going to prison. I felt like I was going on a prison island is what I felt like. I did not want to go to Papua New Guinea okay. at all. And it took me actually a couple months to even warm up to the people in Papua New Guinea and want to be in Papua New Guinea mm -hmm. because I was taken away from America. Like, my parents felt the calling to go to Papua New Guinea. They came and they made me and my sister go. My parents told me we were going to Papua New Guinea. I said, I do not want to go to Papua New Guinea. I want to stay in America. I want to just live my life in America. But after you get there for a while, you realize that you wouldn't be there unless God wants you to be there, you know? Right. So, like, yeah. it may not be my calling now, but maybe in the future, five years down the road, ten years down the road, you never know. I still could be in Papua New Guinea doing my stuff. And... And the music, it's really helped me because, like, I've always liked to play instruments. I've always been on a different instrument in my life. So, like, um, right before we left, I took some piano lessons. And we okay. got there, and I figured out a guy on the compound played guitar, and he sang. So I was like, okay, I'll take my keyboard out to the conference area, and we'll start making music, just messing around, just playing some music. And we started to write a song. And we wrote a song for about two weeks, and then we played it in the conference, and it's called Am I Worth It? So that, that really helped me. That was a really big part of me being a pop new game was being able to, like, express everything through the music with my friend, and that helped a lot. Gotcha. And you're, that's something um, we, we feel pretty, pretty close to your family, but I know that there's a lot of people, since we didn't go to the same church and things like that, where 
maybe like uh, me and my family didn't know you guys as well as, as we would have hoped to, but I guess I'm saying all that to say, do you feel like the move kind of kind of pushed you or drew you more into that, into that type of a ministry? Do you think you would have, let me, let me ask it this way. Do you think that you would have been doing what you're doing now had you stayed here? No, I, I don't think I would be. And you can tell, see, that's when you can tell yeah. something's a God thing because yeah. when, it's, when it's pulling people in, and even though it's something that you could have never imagined that you were going to do in your life, you know that you're on the right track with that. So that's, that's amazing, man. Yeah. Um, I, I listened to the song. I actually listened to it um, before we started this, and I remember that as I was listening to it that I had seen it on Facebook before, but when I saw it on Facebook, I didn't know that you had all of the pieces, all of the parts that you had in it. And um, I was just listening to it on on Kim's phone, and I felt the spirit in it. And that's awesome, man. I I just want to say that I am proud of of you, both of you. Thank you. I can imagine going through it as a a full-grown adult, what, what your parents are going through, but to be growing up, and to to be, I guess, thrust into a situation like this, and saying, even when there's so many things that are that are changing in your life, when you guys are the age that you are, but saying that you trust God enough to to roll with it and do the things that you're doing, and I guess that leads me to you. I, I've heard that you've got some some Sunday school things going on. Maybe you're maybe you're getting into that a little bit. Can you can you kind of tell me what's what's going on with you? Um, so, whenever we first got to Papua New Guinea, we started going to all different churches. Like, we every Sunday we go to a different church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that only one of the churches that we've been to had no Sunday, or had Sunday school. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, a few days later, we went to another church, and I was talking to my mom, and we both realized that they don't have Sunday school. So, um, I was talking to her, and I said... Maybe we should, like, go to each church once a month so we can um, teach them how to do Sunday school. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's totally great. It's, it's funny because, like, we don't even, we don't even think about it. You know what I mean? Like, we don't think about Sunday school that we have, like, all the moving pieces, even in our, even in our local church here at, here at Heritage, we don't think about that stuff. We've got, she's totally fine. It, it is funny when you say that because you're like, we got to show you how to Sunday school, you know? Because it's just a thing for us. We don't even think about it. We have teachers that go back. We have snacks that go back. You know what I mean? All of that stuff is, you know, it's, it's what those people think about because they do it, but it's not even a second thought to us. It's, it's Sunday morning. We have Sunday school. We've got our kids, you know, divvied up in the right age groups to where they're learning the things that will help them grow. And that's amazing that you would, even though it's funny to you to be like, hey, let's have Sunday school, duh. But it's not, right? That's, that's amazing that you would go, hey, there's something that can really help these kids that they're not doing. And we've seen it. We know how it works. Let's show them, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing, in my opinion. How old are you now? 13? Yeah, see, I was, I don't even want to talk about what I was doing when I was 13. I sure wasn't telling people, like, let's have Sunday school. That wasn't in my mind at 13. Lord knows, we're going to get off me now, because that's going to turn into an awkward conversation quick. So anyways, um, 
Kim, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you talk. I know it's your favorite thing to do. Um, if you will, um, probably the, the best place to start with you is, can you finish that story for us about Maggie? Yes, I can. Well, like you said, we went there thinking it was a Bible study, and mm. it ended up being, they say, big plus something. <laughs> it means it's a really big something. So um, we get there, and he preaches, and it's all over, and they start bringing the food out and everything, and we're like, wow, that's a lot of food, you know? And so they, they want us to stay and fellowship with them, you know, like us apostolics do. Yeah, we like to fellowship and eat. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so um, we're like, yeah, sure, we'll stay. So we sat down on the ground with them, and Maggie comes over, and she lays her head on my shoulder, and she's like, this is for you. And I'm like, okay, thank you. I didn't know exactly what she was talking about, but, you know, I was like, okay, thanks. Well, she starts telling me, um, this, this cost 8,000 kina. She goes, and I paid for it. And I'm like, wow, that is a lot. And she goes, it is my life savings. She said, I'd been saving this since I was seven years old. She'd been collecting cans and things like that on the side of the road and collected all this money because she said she wanted a better life for herself, so she was trying to, you know, save all this money. She'd never been to school. She don't know how to read. And um, so she, she was like, so I, I paid for this for you so you would come and teach my family the truth. Mm-hmm. And I just, of course, started crying yeah. because... I mean, for her to use all of her life savings just so she could hear the truth. And in America, we have the truth all around us, and we take it for granted. And there, in remote places like little villages, you know, and, and they're down on their knees, and they're praying out to God, send somebody, because they don't know, you know, and they, a lot of them can't read. And so they're, they're asking for people to come to teach them the truth. And God sent us there. When I seen her at that conference and she was over there in the corner just praying, I mean, she was praying so hard. God led me to her. And when he led me to her, she, through her, God is working, working big things. I mean, she, she has brought her family to the truth. She's brought that village to the truth. And I just know that there's going to be many, many more souls through Maggie. And I'm just thankful that God, God would see fit to use me. I, I just, sometimes I'm like, I can't believe that he would use me, you know, because I'm not educated. I didn't go to college. I got my GED, you know. And, but my husband's told me time and time again, it's not your education. It's not how you can word things. It's you're a willing vessel. Yeah. And that's what you have to be. You have to be a willing vessel for God to use you. You have to be his hands. You have to be his feet and you have to be his mouthpiece. And that's what God wants us to do. Yeah. It's it's all in your availability. Yes. That's that's amazing. How much I I know the the dollar amount itself doesn't matter, but how much does that convert to in in our money? Do you know I'm pretty about sure it's about 2500. Yeah. About 2500. dollars Really? And she'd save that over 10, ten years. years span. Yeah. And you think, like, the, the, first, the first thing that, that came into my head, just because of, because of where we are and the, the type of setting that we're in, in in America and the United States, would be, well, you guys were going there anyway, right? You, you were going to go there, regardless of whether she spent her whole life savings or not, yeah. right? Right. And I, I know this is... Um, 
a rotten way to look at it. Let me put it that way, right? But you could say, well, you guys were going to go there anyway. You would have taught them the truth anyway, whether she would have done that or not. But because Maggie decided to do that, I feel the spirit in this. (laughs) Because she was available and she said, I'm willing to give up everything that, that I've held back for my whole life to learn of this truth. Mm-hmm. And it's basically exploded yes. in that village. So you can say, you know, and we can have that thought process as much as we want to say, well, this would have happened anyway, or this thing would have propagated that thing. That's not always the case. That's right. Those things that we hold back, whether they be our money, whether they be our time, or, or whether they be our, our, our spirit or what we're willing to give mm-hmm. to God or give to other people, when we give those things in the same way Maggie did, yes. I mean, my goodness, that'll preach. Yes. <laughs> her giving, my, my goodness, her giving that is, has been enough to not only help save her family, but to save her village. And who else knows where that's going to go? And it wasn't just because it was money, you know. It was because she was willing to give it all. That's right. right. Everything I mean, she, she gave had. everything that she had so that her family could hear the truth and be saved and be baptized in Jesus' name. And it's, it's realizing the importance of it, right? Yes. Amen. I mean, that's really what it comes down to is she realized the importance of it and said that that savings that I have is nothing compared to my family being saved. That's yeah. right. That's that's just yeah. mind blown, I guess, on that one is all I can say. There's. I, I've often looked at that as if, if you was to break that down, you know, it, at the beginning, the initial investment, she she purchased all of this food and she she planned all of these things mm-hmm. and the very next day 16 of her mem- family members was baptized in jesus name and then you you fast forward about three months on may the 5th 28 more 28 more souls in that same church was baptized in jesus name mm-hmm. that's 42 souls it's been baptized from that one investment. Yeah. That she, it, it was a key, and, and it opened up unlimited potential and possibilities in that area. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And you can, even if it was, even if it was one person, what price can you, can you put on a soul? Amen. You know, really, what, what kind of a price can you put on somebody's eternal life? Just think of the jewels that's going to be in Maggie's crown because she was obedient in that one thing. Yeah. That's I feel the Holy Ghost. Me too. That's <laughs> I, I love it. That's that's why that's why I love this. That's why I love missions. Just to see people that have have never really they've not grown up in it. They've not understood it. They don't have the best education. They don't have all of those things that that a lot of people in the states have. And yet they have that faith. They have that willingness to say, "I believe," and to and to follow after God and to see the things that come out of that is. Is, is crazy. And, and you know what I mean? In our understanding, it's just, it's just an insane thing to see what God can do when we let God be God. Amen. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep moving because I can talk about that for a really long time and you guys are going to get tired and hungry. Um, Kim, if you will, I'm going to keep with you here for a moment. Um, I, I can never remember his name. I'm going to call him, call him your bestie. Oh, can you, yeah, Thomas. Can you, can you tell me about Thomas? Yes, um, when we first got there, um, we didn't go into town for a while because, you know, we were all tired and everything. 
So um, eventually we decided to work our way to town, which is an all-day thing, like he said. So um, we get there, and there's all kinds of people. I mean, it's crowded, you know, so you just try to just focus and get what you need, and you know. <laughs> but this little boy, he came up to me, and he, he was rubbing his stomach, and he saying, me hungry, me hungry. And, you know, I, I want to feed him. <laughs> sure. So, um, and I didn't have any food at that moment, so I gave him a kina, or two kina. And um, I went into the store, and when I came back out, Adriana and um, Brother Barnett had seen him give it to his, I guess, a lady, and then she gave it to a guy, and they went and bought drugs with it. So I was like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to make sure I have food in my purse every time I come to town. Sure. Because if they're hungry, then they'll take the food, you know. Yeah. So I started carrying food with me, and a couple days later, we came back to town, and there he is again, you know, me hungry. And I'm like, okay, I have some stuff in my purse for you. So I grab a thing of um, snacks, crackers, and um, a bottled water, and I give it to him. He just rips the crackers open, just, like, stuffs them in his mouth. I'm like... Okay, he's really hungry. Mm -hmm. So every time I come to town, I'm going to make sure I have something for him. Well, time went on, and um, of course, I forgot my purse one day, so I didn't have anything to give him. And I looked at him, I said, I, I don't have anything today. I'm sorry. So he goes, just kind of stood there and still kind of followed me around, you know. And as I was leaving the store, I looked at him, I said, but I can give you a hug. And he kind of stiffened up, you know, like, no, I don't, I don't know what a hug is. Just don't, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, a couple more times came, and I had forgotten my purse, so I just kept giving him a hug. And eventually, he started hugging me back. And he'd see us coming to town, and he'd run across the road. He'd call me Bestie. And um, I asked him, I said, I asked my husband, I said, can we bring him home? I said, he needs a place to stay. He needs food to eat. I said, he needs shelter. Mm -hmm. He said, no. We can't do that because if we do it for one, then you'll be everybody. wanting to bring everybody's kids home with you. And yep. I was like, fine. So I went home and I started praying for this little boy. And I said, Jesus, I said, you brought him into my life and I'm praying for him. And I'm asking you to take care of him. You provide that shelter and food and the things that he needs. Well, a couple of weeks passes by and we don't see him in town anymore. And I'm like, oh, something happened to him. Mm -hmm. Well, we were at the post office one day when we came to town, and he comes running up to the car, and he gives me a hug, and he's smiling. He's like, you're not going to believe this, and he speaks English, and I didn't even know he spoke English, <laughs> and um, he goes, my grandfather died, and I said, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, no. I he goes, I, am, I have shelter, I have new clothes, he said, and I have food to eat. And a bed. And a bed to sleep in. And I said, Thomas, that's great. Or I didn't know his name at that time. I said, that's great. I, and he goes, yes. He goes, I am so happy I seen you and I had to come tell you. I said, what even is your name? I didn't even know his name this whole time. And he's like, Thomas. I was like, that's my son's middle name. And he just smiled real big and he was so happy. But it just goes to show you that when you pray, God will answer your prayers. Mm -hmm. So... That's that's my story about Thomas. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm <laughs> sorry to hear about his grandpa, I guess, but I know, it, that's what I said. Yeah. Like, I didn't mean for that to happen, but <laughs> yeah, I'm well, thankful that he's got shelter and stuff now. Yeah, it's it's good. It sounds like um maybe he's had a a part in the situation that, that Thomas was in, so right. and that's 
that's a lot of it, isn't it? What we the things that we pray about, we don't know all of the details on them, but God does. That's right. And all we have to do is say, God, take care of this person. You place them exactly what you did. Yes. I mean, I've I've prayed a lot of prayers in my life that way because there's so many things I don't know. And, you know, we get so caught up and concerned about the stuff that we don't know in our lives when really all we have to do is say, God, you know, you know, this is on my heart. Take care of it. Um, that's amazing. That really is. All right. I got some fun ones for you guys. Anybody, anybody that wants to answer can answer. Um, I know that I know one of these answers, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What do you guys miss the most when you're over in PNG? Like what's, what's the biggest thing from here that you just cannot get that you miss? I have two. Okay. Bacon. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's, bacon. that's the one I knew. Oh, I really like bacon. Yeah. <laughs> Reese cups. Oh yeah. My kids too, but yeah, well. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I but but two things that we, that we have here that we don't have there is bacon and Reese cups. So our kids, we we stay in contact with them over the phone, so that that eases that blow a little bit. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's my dog Roxy. <laughs> yes, I, I kind of had a feeling that might be it for you. I miss her so much sometimes, and okay, we go to all these different churches, but there's nothing like your home church agreed and your worship team i miss our worship team yep (laughs) and their music but food wise i i miss skittles um uh, starburst starburst and Reese pieces they do not have those there i thought we was talking about food i look like a jerk now (laughs) i just miss all fast food all fast food (laughs) So they don't have a P&G McDonald's, oh. like, around the corner somewhere? They have a Big Roosters, but it's gross. It's not good. What is it? A Big Rooster? It's Big Roosters. It's like a chicken place, but it's gross. So like it's like a knockoff KFC soggy, or Popeye's. Or, and the chicken's soggy. It's just gross. Yeah, I was going to say Chick-fil-A, but we're not even going to put Chick-fil-A in that, in that combo. Um, food-wise, I don't really miss it much while I'm there, except, for like, every once in a while you get, like, weird cravings. Like, I hate Reese's Cups. And I hate Butterfingers. But while I'm in Papua New Guinea, that's all I want. And they don't have it. Because you can't But while have I'm it, yeah. in America, all I want is a thing. It's a drink called a Solo. And I want a Cherry Ripe candy bar. And you can only get that in Papua New Guinea and Australia. And I've been really missing those. I found something <laughs> that tastes kind of close to it. Yeah. So I've been doing that. And then I, I miss my friends in Papua New Guinea. I, I miss them probably. I don't want to say, like, more than I miss my friends in America whenever I'm in Papua New Guinea. But, like. Whenever you're in Papua New Guinea, you have friends in America, you can FaceTime them and you can call them. But like, I can't call and FaceTime my friends in Papua New Guinea. I don't know what's happened to them. They could, I don't know what's wrong with them. I can't talk to them. So right. it's just stuff like that. Yeah. I think that kind of speaks almost to the, if I can interject, I guess, a little bit, that almost speaks to it kind of becoming your guys' new norm, right? So it's like you want that candy bar that's yeah. there now as opposed to wanting, yeah. you know, a Snicker or a Butterfinger or whatever it is. And even though you still have those and you remember those, that's that's become your guys' new normal, which is, is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, again, it, it rolls back to the calling and the things kind of being easy, though sometimes they're not. And it's not that I don't miss my older children. <laughs> I miss my older children, mm-hmm. but I know they're being taken care of and they're all right and like he said we have FaceTime but I still miss them (laughs) it it is it real honestly like 
we're, we're blessed to know that, that our daughter has a good husband. Our son has a good wife. They're, mm -hmm. they're yoked up together. They're all in church. I mean, you hear stories all the time about, about you know, not, not just missionary kids, but pastor's kids backsliding. I mean, it's devastating. Yeah. We've been blessed. Yeah. We've been blessed. We, we, we know that they're taking care of us. We, we love our kids, mm -hmm. but, but there's, there's a certain peace known spiritually. They got good pastors. Both of them have good pastors. Right. One of them right here, the other one in Newcastle. <laughs> Both of them's Purdueans. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, we, no, knowing that they, they have good church families. And, and even, I'm, I'm going to go as far as the district that we're in. Right. Brother Sears is, I, I love Brother Sears more than he'll ever know. Mm. He, he's not our world missions director anymore. But, you know, last year while we was in Papua New Guinea and our kids had their first Thanksgiving without us here, Brother Sears reached out to both of our kids that was back here and offered them Thanksgiving dinner at his house. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and he'll hate me saying that publicly because he's not a public kind of person. Right. But that, that's what kind of support system we have in the Indiana District. Yeah. And, and that helps us so, so much. Yeah, it's it is important to know that that you have people that care. Yeah, that are behind you, and you you know we do, of course. Our yeah. church family oh, loves yeah. you guys. We love Harley. James is okay. Um, <laughs> we put up with him. You know, it's it's one of those you know, package you, deal. You take the good with the bad, right? You know, every coin's got another side. That's the truth. That's that's the truth. And some of them are a little rusty or moldy, but whatever. Um, I'm not going to get off of this because it's it's been on my mind. Now you guys have you guys have bacon, or you don't have bacon, but you have pork over there. So all you guys have to do is figure out a way to show these people how to make bacon. They and I mean to make bacon, and it it just doesn't doesn't work out. So I'm saying you need to you need to fly over a butcher or somebody that's got this thing on lock. And I'm telling you guys, or you got to get a smokehouse. I've I've considered building a smokehouse there you just go. for bacon. That's what I'm saying. I I, I, I may have a problem. <laughs> I, I, I may I may need to see somebody about my bacon problem. Yeah, it's well. <laughs> no, but I that that is one thing. Like it, it's just something like there's no there's real, you can replace like chocolates and you can't replace bacon. It's true. There's nothing quite like it. Like you, you can eat all the ham, all all the whatever, but it's not bacon. Yeah, I'm just saying I've got a knack for these things. I talk to James about them all the time. So if if you guys can figure out bacon over there, I mean you're gonna you're gonna have something because then people have no idea what they're missing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, I'm ending the bacon discussion. Okay, um, we're gonna we're gonna actually start to wrap up here. Um, what would you guys say is the, what are the easiest slash the best ways to follow what you guys are doing, what you have going on in PNG? I know there's, you know, obviously once you, once you guys fly back, um, all of it's going to be online somehow, yeah. but do you, do you guys have a website, Facebook, Twitter? What's, what's the best way to follow you guys to see what's happening in PNG and kind of stay in touch? Well, w she, her Instagram's private. She wants it to be, it's for family. Mm -hmm. You can follow me on Instagram, at Ryan D. Marshall. Twitter, same thing. Okay. Uh, there's also a newsletter that goes out every month. So if you go to 
aljcpng.org, you can sign up for our newsletter. Okay. Um, sign up for that. And then also YouTube. My, my channel is Apostolic765. You can subscribe to that. Right now I'm posting kind of sporadically, just here and there, whatever. But I have had several people ask me to start vlogging our, our life in Papua New Guinea. So uh, be sure to subs go on and subscribe to that because there's going to be, be plenty of updates there. On Facebook, you can find me at Ryan Marshall 1979 or uh, our page is PNG Pentecostals. Be sure to like that page, share that page, follow that page, and share it again. All right. So we've got a bunch of different ways that we can keep, keep track of you guys. Definitely. Um, there's, there's one thing I wanted to share. Um, Sister Marshall, you posted this, and uh, it, it really struck a chord with me. I know um, we're all on probably on Facebook and, and the different social medias more than we want to be here lately, but you post some good stuff. And um, this, this one says that your life is a message to the world. Make sure that it's inspiring. I wanted you guys to know that you are very inspiring. You've inspired us and hundreds, if not thousands of people in the United States and around the world. We love you all and we're very appreciative of your sacrifice and what you're doing for God's kingdom. And I know a lot of people hear missionary and they think glitz glamour. <laughs> I know you guys are laughing because you know that that's not the case. Um, be, because we, we do, we, we're, we're so thankful for what you guys do that, that we do lift you up because you are um, heroes in our eyes. But also the cost to be called a hero is, is pretty great. And realize that we, we see the cost that you paid and we're thankful for it. Um, as as we're, we're ending here, there's um, anybody that has knows about missions or um, has been in a mission service or loves missions, just in general, knows that there are two scriptures, um, at least in my mind, that we always go back to. <laughs> if I'm taking up a missions offering, I can almost assure you that I will quote probably these two scriptures, if not maybe a few more. Um, the first one is, is in Mark, and, it's, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And we know that, that that is the purpose, that is the reason why we're even having this discussion, is because you all have accepted that call. Um, you've, we have as well. We just haven't done it at such a great a distance yet for some of us. And for some of us, the greatest distance that we'll ever have is across the road. And mm -hmm. that's fine that's right. because there's creatures everywhere You're all throughout the world. That's right. The second one is in Luke. And it says, Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And we've, uh, I, I believe the last, the last mission service that we had, um, the last offering that I took up, I quoted that scripture. And God, God placed it in my mind because we always, um, I, I even had my, our pastor come up uh, Pastor Adam, and, and I kind of explained it a little bit because we always say, given it shall be given. And, and we read it, and, and, and it does say that. So if, if I give to Ezekiel, God's going to give back to me. That's right. 
But what God placed in my mind and, and what he, he really just hammered down in that service was that when we give, if I give to the Marshall family, you all are also going to give. So it's not just a return to me. It's a give and it shall be given to the next person. Mm, and then good. in turn, it shall be given to the next person. So when I give... When I donate to you for the work in PNG, it's not just sitting with you and then I'm expecting to God to increase me or to bless me, whether it's financially, spiritually, however I may look at it. Although that is for sure a promise and I hold to it. When I give to you, I know that you're going to give to them and they in turn, you're going to hit a Maggie. You're going to hit a Thomas who is in turn going to give to someone else, who is in turn going to give to someone else. They're going to give the truth. They're going to give the things that that person needs in their life. And God knows all those things. And it all rose back to the stuff that we don't understand and that we may never understand until we all get home. But I want to tell, obviously, our, our church family, anybody that's watching this tonight or whatever time you may be watching it, if you give to this family, I can promise you that it will be given. There are, I, I feel the spirit so strong, there are more Maggies in P&G that have yet to, to give because they have not been reached. And when this family is able to reach them, they will then in turn be able to give. And then it will be given again, and it will be given again and again and again until every creature has been reached and the gospel has been preached. Amen. Uh, I want to thank you all thank uh, you. for taking the time uh, to spend with us. You've, I know I've already said it probably a lot of times, but you guys are a blessing to us. We love you and know that, of course, our church is behind you, and we can't wait to see what God's doing in Papua New Guinea. Amen. All right. We love you all. Have a great evening. God bless. God bless. Bye-bye.